0: Welcome to People Don't Think. Let's start today, a podcast hosted by Norb Savanacini founder of Americaneagle.com and Al Edwards. Norb, great to see you again. You look like a million bucks.
1: Well thank you. I, I wish I had some of that in my pockets, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's good. you know I, I uh, I like to start the day by uh, thanking for this gift we get. That's why they call it the present.
0: That's right.
1: And uh, it's a nice day. It's uh, the beginning of fall and it feels really good. That's so awesome. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, folks, I would be remiss if I did not mention that just uh, about four days ago or so, Norb had his birthday. So happy birthday to oh, you. Oh, thank
1: you. Thank you. Yeah. So,
0: all right. Well, today's topic. Is uh, something that we came up last time came up with last time I should say, and the title of this podcast is recordings and books that can change your life. And you know, I was listening to Zig Ziglar, which I do a lot, um, and we'll talk about that, like Audible and different things you can listen to in your car. But he said that motivation is not permanent, just like bathing is not permanent. You have to do it hopefully every day for it to continue on. And he said he always used to get a kick out of people who would come up to him and say, you know, Zig, when I get down, I pop one of your CDs or tapes or whatever it is in the car and it brings me back up. And he said, well, do you let your car run out of gas before you go get a refill? Or do you notice that it's a quarter tank and you're going to go fill it up? And his point there, of course, is that you should always take steps to stay up continue to be motivated instead of going down into the trenches and then trying to pull out of it again.
1: And don't pull, you know, the the thing that you run out of gas. Exactly. And, and, you know, it's kind of funny because it's very, very true. It's it's just like when we talked about hydrating your brain, you know, you have to hydrate your brain just like you have to hydrate your body. And thinking positively is the key, whether you uh, use the analogy of, putting gas in your car or hydrating your body, it it works. You will never be 100% positive, so you have to keep working at it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And with that said, we're going to talk about some recordings and books that have meant a lot to both Norb and myself. Many of these, actually, Norb introduced me to a number of years ago. Some of these go way back, so I wanted to give our audience, uh, who might be a little on the younger side, an opportunity to hear these book titles uh, and recording titles, so you can go out and, in the spirit of keeping your gas tank full, you can go out and uh, seek these things out. But, of course, we always want you to listen to our podcast. We've done, this is now number nine, so we're really on a roll here. This is fantastic.
1: Yeah. You can fill the diamond. Yeah, right. Baseball. Exactly. Yeah, right.
0: The first recording that we want to start with, of course, really was the inspiration for our podcast. And that was a recording done in 1956 by a great guy named Earl Nightingale, and it was called The Strangest Secret. And when I was about 16 years old, Norb gave me an actual LP copy. And I've talked about this before, but gave me an LP copy of The Strangest Secret. And I started listening to it. And even though the record hasn't changed, the recording hasn't changed, I hear new things all the time because I've changed as a person. So, Norm, tell us about The Strangest Secret and how you came to know about it.
1: Well, you know, I started uh, actually selling insurance uh, when I was about 24, 25 years old, and uh, the insurance business had a really good trait which uh, included on a weekly basis a a company meeting where you just listen to positive mental attitude records. And uh, there were a lot of them that were very good. A lot of them were very influential in my life. But the one that really, really drove the point was The Strangest Secret. From the first time I heard it, it just made so much sense that it just has remained for the rest of my life. In fact, I don't know how many times I've heard it. I don't think I'm exaggerating if if I say thousands. And, And I still listen to it because... It's just a phenomenal, phenomenal record and, and speech, probably as good a speech as uh, I've ever heard. You know, I, I have some favorite things that I that I really like. Kipling wrote a poem called The If, which uh, he gave to his son on his 16th birthday. Unluckily, uh, you know, in this age of, of uh, people calling things sexist, some lady said that at the end it says, this will, and then you will be a man, my son. Uh, But he wrote it for his son, and the people that complain about it being manly, so to speak, uh, don't realize that if it was a girl, he could have changed it to, and someday you'll be a lady, my daughter. So uh, it's a very important thing to remember. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. If you haven't read uh, read it, it, it's called The If. It'll take you about, three minutes to read it's it's fantastic that and the strangest secret is probably the two things in my life that that really changed it and and uh, obviously uh, hopefully for the better because it kept me in a positive manner even with the ups and downs that you know life brings but uh those two things have really maintained uh, the boat on the right course
0: absolutely and it's funny, uh, I also sold insurance for a long time, so there must be some sort of uh, thing there of old insurance guys listening to all these uh, old recordings and stuff like that. But, uh, but that's awesome. And uh, as I said, Earl Nightingale was the uh, author of this. He was a commentator and a radio personality. I mentioned this in an early podcast. He was also a survivor of the USS Arizona at Pearl Harbor, which he never really talked about, but that's certainly an interesting thing. The guy who wrote the quintessential recording on... Uh, positive thinking, survive Pearl Harbor, you know, kind of thing. Um, And what is the strangest secret? In essence, what he talks about, the point he gets to, is the strangest secret is that we become what we think about. And that's strange because for some reason, nobody seems to
1: know that. (laughs) Yeah, they don't get it. (laughs) They don't teach it in
0: school. Uh, You know, they don't have it on billboards. You don't see it on TV commercials. But the strangest secret is you become what you think about.
1: Yeah, and, and it's, it's kind of very interesting. We, you know, we talked about the brain being like the soil and, and uh, whatever you plant in your brain is the same effect that uh, whatever you plant on the, on the soil is. But one of the other things that The Stranger's Secret had that I really like, I don't think we've talked about this one before, is that in life you have to pursue a goal. And, and the goal is very important because it doesn't matter what the goal is, that, that just gives you a purpose in life. And he compared it to a ship that, uh, you know, whenever a ship's in the harbor, uh, they actually know where they wanna go and they plan the trip, uh, how to get there, how to navigate. And if that ship didn't have a plan or a goal to, to get out of, of even the harbor, it wouldn't even get out of the harbor, it would probably crash and and just stay there. So. You know, humanity in life is a lot like that. You have to have a purpose. You have to have something that you want to achieve. Now, if you have a goal, which I think, you know, you should aim to do it, you have to be positive about it. You have to believe that, you know, this goal can be achieved because if you believe it, it will happen. It's just um, a mathematical certainty.
0: For sure, and I remember that part about the Strangest Secret where he talks about that if you just start the engines and let it go it probably will not even make it out of the harbor (laughs) Exactly, sink or hit something or but uh, that's a great analogy i mean (laughs) when we get in our cars usually we have it we have a plan a destination a goal like i'm gonna come to displays here at americaneagle.com today well i knew what roads to take and what highways to get off of and all that stuff and Really, when it boils down to it, life is really not that much more complicated, is it?
1: No, it isn't. It's just a, a set of goals, whatever you do. I mean, uh, you eat your lunch and, and you know where you're going to go, whether you stay home or you go to a restaurant and, and you order. And, and uh, you know, basically that's what life is. It's a, a mini goals, if you want to call them. But that's how we live. Even uh, to the point that when you go to bed at night, you go to bed at 10, 10.30, you watch a little television or you read. Uh, but, you know, that's your aim. Your goal is to go to sleep. Right. So Absolutely.
0: Now, Earl Nightingale did record over the years many versions of The Strangest Secret. But I, I happen to love, and this is because Norb gave me the original recording, the 1956 recording is available on YouTube. And I really recommend that. Uh, You don't even have to pay for it. You can go on YouTube and listen to The Strangest Secret. But I really recommend the original 1956 recording. And you'll be able to, when you Google that, you'll be able to tell it to play the original one for you. So I'd recommend that for sure. If you want more Earl Nightingale, he also did a, of course, I'm dating myself a little bit. I have a six CD uh, book of something called Lead the Field by Earl Nightingale. And basically it's just Six whole CDs, several hours of this same philosophy about thinking about how your life, you want your life to be, and how thinking and, and positive actions and thoughts will change everything. Uh, that is also available on Audible. I just noticed that the Lead the Field series is, is available on Audible. Um, I spend a lot of time in my car driving, so I listen to Audible all the time. That's why I listen to Zig Ziglar and Wayne Dyer and Earl Nightingale and all these kind of guys. So if you're interested in more Earl Nightingale, Lead the Field is really a great program.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, the interesting part about that is that when you think about it, this this uh, Earl Nightingale who had a radio show, it was very, very popular out of Chicago. This is 70 years old now, and uh, it's as fresh and as enlightening as it was back then. And now, uh, some things might Seem old-fashioned when he says them, and and some things uh, might not conform to today's accepted standards, but uh, nothing offensive or anything. But uh, the the guts of it, it it's just like uh, uh, watching uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which is probably about the same age and has the same impact on on everybody when they watch it, or or it's a wonderful life. You know, these are things that are timeless. So uh, don't get hung up that it has to be modern to be good. Uh, it's still modern, you know, some Mm -hmm. things never change. And, uh, that's very, very important to remember. Don't just throw it away because it's older.
0: Yeah, that, that's a great point. He does mention, you know, back then in the fifties, you know, uh, the language was much more male dominated. So he'll say men or he or whatever, but it, it's just as applicable to women as it is men. And it never went away, the significance of it, the meaning of it, is because the human experience has never changed. The human, human life has never changed, and these principles will be eternal.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's something that's very interesting because we all think that this is a new era and, and we're different. Or, you know, I always get a kick out of, out of people saying that uh well you know I don't want to do this to my kid because uh you know they'll learn they're a lot smarter than what they used to be. And and I always think you know I I hate to say this because it doesn't sound good, but we're basically animals. And and uh that kid is not any smarter than a kid that was born, you know, fifteen hundred <laughs> years ago. And and you gotta teach that kid. Uh you know one of the interesting things is that Uh, My father told me something that I've never forgotten. Uh, You know, I grew up in an era where where I had to say please and thank you. And and, and if I didn't say it, my parents would correct me. They'd say, well, what's the magic word? And, and, you know, say thank you and please. And uh, a fact, and and this has been proven, by the way, is that you have to tell a child 2,000 times to say that before he does it automatically. Wow. So... It's kind of an interesting thing that, you know, whenever I, I hear a kid, which it's not that often anymore, unluckily, uh, say thank you, I always tell the parents, God, you told that kid 2,000 times to say thank you. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's true. It's and that true.
0: may have been the 2010th <laughs> time, and yeah, you just exactly. were on the right side of that equation. Right? And,
1: and, and you know, again, that goes into a goal. I mean, the goal of that parent was to have that child say please or thank you it, it doesn't just happen he or she the mother had the goal of having that child say things that they believe it's a polite way to conduct yourself so you know so Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm very very uh, i was always very impressed by that so always remember whoever's listening that we're really animals we got to be trained so <laughs> <laughs> that's right don't be ashamed of it <laughs> that's right
0: The next book that I want to talk about is one that I think also had a huge impact on Norb, and that was the classic Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And to give you some background, it came out, I believe, in 1936, um, and it sold millions and millions and millions of copies. It's still in print today. The idea behind it basically was that uh, the old steel magnate Andrew Carnegie Hired this young reporter, Napoleon Hill. He sent him out with introduction letters to some of the most famous people in the world, Henry Ford and captains of industry, and all these people that had made incredible successes. And he said, "I want you to go study these people, and I want you to come back and put it together in a book." And that was in a series originally called uh, "The Law of Success," which I've seen around you for many, many years. I ago. have one on my
1: desk. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: and uh, the book "Think and Grow Rich" came out of that a little bit. So. What did the law of success and think and grow rich mean to you, Norm?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting because, you know, think and grow rich uh, shouldn't be taken as rich as far as money is exactly. concerned. I was just going to say that. Uh, it's just being rich in life and enjoy life. I mean, uh, some of the happiest people I've ever met, you know, money to them didn't mean that much. I'm not saying that money is irrelevant in life. I think... You know, but you really don't need all the things we accumulate, especially in this country. You know, when you think about, you know, 100, 120, 130 years ago, if people would just have enough money to feed themselves, they were happy. But today we live in a country where we have way, way too many things that we really don't need. And I'm not saying this bad, but I'm saying that uh, you don't need to be so-called rich and where money is the most important thing. Uh, it's just rich in, in what you've achieved in life. Uh, some people might just have a goal to be the president of rotary, and when they become that, they're very happy and they're rich because they feel this is what, what they like to do. So so success is really the success th- well, of whatever you want to do through a positive mental attitude, you know?
0: For sure. And that ties in exactly with this little summary of Think and Go Rich that I found on the internet. It says, uh, Napoleon Hill examines the psychological power of thought and the brain in the process of furthering your career for both monetary and personal satisfaction. Uh, Originally published in 1936, this is one of the all-time self-help classics. And it's a must-read for anyone who's looking to improve their lives. And I, I believe, like I said, I think I, it's sold about 15 million copies and it's still very much in print. Uh, oh, amazing. yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And in fact, uh, there's a Napoleon Hill uh, Association, which I, I believe it's in northern Indiana someplace, and, and they're very successful. Yeah. And there, there is a, a big following for that. You, you know, what, what we talk about here, I, I hope the people that listen to this podcast realize that uh, we really are trying to improve everybody's life by doing this, because, you know, Norman Vincent Peale, who was also uh, one of the big, big promoters of positive mental attitude, success through positive mental thinking. He wrote, uh, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say hundreds of books, and uh, he was a, a preacher on on Fifth Avenue, and uh, he was also a big, big guy on TV. You know, one of the things about America, when TV first started, it was full of people that you know just reeked positiveness and Norman Vincent Peale was one of them but he said something that that I'd really like to share with you which is something when you expect the best you release a magnetic force in your mind which by law of attraction tends to bring the best to you and please notice that it doesn't say the best in you it says the best to you, which is another thing about positive mental attitude. You become attractive to people when you're positive. And, uh, not that I want to be attractive by saying this, but, uh, you know, you do, it's just part of life. Uh, you know, when, when you see somebody that's happy, uh, you want to be uh, around that person because it makes you happy. And, and if you have somebody that's not happy and wants to tell you his or her troubles, uh, you basically want to try away from them un- unless you have somebody that you think is a worse problem and then you want to share that. <laughs> and, and you should actually reprogram that part of your life. But uh, yeah, that's, it's, uh, it's incredible how all these things are, are, are really very, very important in your life to remember.
0: I think that really is a spiritual principle. I, I just heard this beautiful quote again that I've heard before, but you get back what you put out in the world. It really seems like a magnetic force. And I was just listening to a thing, a, a thing on the audible and someone said, if you go out looking for a friend, they're very hard to come by. But if you go out to be a friend, you'll find them everywhere.
1: That's beautiful. It, it really is. And, and you know, life is really not that hard if you're just nice. And it sounds corny. And, you know, we live in an era where everybody's highly educated. They have all these degrees and, and they make things very complex. But it isn't that hard. Just be nice. You know, and, and I, uh, I really am a firm believer in the golden rule. And, and uh, if you treat people like you want to be treated, you will not believe how nice people are. You know, I, I've been very fortunate that I've traveled all over the world and and, uh, and people would say, "God, you're going to this place and you don't know the language and I, I never had any trouble. I mean, I only met in, in many, many troubles. Uh, I can remember maybe a couple of people that were nasty to me because they're probably just nasty that they can't help, <laughs> but otherwise, when you're, when you're nice to people and you ask questions, everybody's nice and, and uh, you know it's, it's what you say it's, it's just. A mathematical formula. It, Just be it, nice.
0: It really is. You get back <laughs> in life what you put out. So if you're a loving, giving, a kind person who cares about other people, they will respond, not equally, but probably twice or three times as more as you because people appreciate it so much because it's so rare today, probably always rare, but particularly today, for no, people to no, uh, take I, the time to care about someone or ask, how you doing, or anything like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know you mentioned uh, Andrew Carnegie that actually uh, employed Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill. Yeah, he had a, a great quote, Carnegie, which I also want to read to you, which is really, really interesting. And by the way, that that last Norman Vincent Peale quote was given to me by my grandson, who actually uh, listens to these podcasts, and he really likes it. Oh, so he's the
0: one that listens?
1: Uh, yeah, he's the one that listens. Oh, okay, good, <laughs> I was wondering who it was. One, one guy, and, <laughs> and uh, he also gave me another one, about Carnegie, actually, Carnegie wrote this, he says, perhaps the most tragic thing about mankind is that we are all dreaming about some magical garden over the horizon instead of enjoying the roses that are right outside. And, uh, you know, when you think about that, it's it's really true. I mean, you know, the last podcast, I think uh, I really am proud because we we talked about a lot of things about seeing flowers in the alleys that (laughs) were dirty, but the flower was something to admire. And This goes back to that. I I think that uh, we have to learn how to, be thankful and admire the good things in life. And all these books about positive mental attitude that that we're talking about basically drive that point.
0: Couldn't be more true. And You know, by the way, folks, I don't think uh, we're suggesting you go out and read every one of these books because I think a lot of them are similar themes. And you could if you certainly wanted to. It wouldn't hurt you. It would help you a great deal. But if you wanted to focus on one or a couple of them, I think you'd be great. So don't think we have to send you off with six or seven books need to read. By the way, I just want to point out again, most of these books are now on audible or on audio. So you could listen to them instead of having to sit down and and read them, which is really great. The next book uh, has a Chicago tie-in. It's called Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. And that was written by Napoleon Hill again, and an old famous insurance guy named W. Clement Stone. (laughs) And uh, most of our readers are not going to, excuse me, most of our listeners, I should say, are not going to know who W Clement Stone was but he was the founder of the uh, combined insurance company out of Chicago very poor kid had nothing started this little insurance company and grew into be you know a multi multi millionaire and he's long gone and everything but W Clement Stone was a big name in the business world for many many years and he and Napoleon Hill got together and uh, wrote this book in about 1960 called Success Through Positive Mental Attitude. And uh, basically, the whole idea of it, again, is that, you know, you want to become a success magnet by learning how to develop a positive mental attitude. They teach in there that problems are nothing more than opportunities. And by using auto-suggestion to bind your goals to your self-conscious and make accomplishing them sick in nature. And I think auto-self-consciousness is nothing more than self-talk. We talked about that last time, about what you say about yourself is going to come true, whether that be negative or positive. It's the same coin.
1: Yeah, and it basically goes back by the statement of, of uh, the, the one I just wrote about Norman Vincent Peale, uh, that you release a magnetic force through positive thinking, but what he doesn't say is that you basically exude if that's a correct word, uh, negative forces when you don't have that positive vibe. So people run away from you as successfully as how they come towards you when you are positive.
0: Exactly. It's the same coin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Clement Stone was a really interesting guy. He, He actually started selling insurance and for, for the audience here that is not as old as Al and I, and Al is <laughs> not that old, by the way, but uh, uh, they, they used to have what's called a, a uh, weekly insurance policy. And when people didn't have a lot of money, uh, they had uh, just enough money to pay for the funeral expenses. And you had these men, uh, and they were men at that time, that would go from home to home and collect on a weekly basis, as little as 20 cents, 30 cents. And this was a way that, you know, the, the average uh, worker who didn't have a lot of disposable income would have enough money to pay for the funeral expenses. And uh, the insurance was $1,000 or $2,000. And, and uh, Clevenstone, you know, built uh, one of the largest insurance companies uh, doing that. That was a combined insurance company. And he helped a lot of people because a lot of these people, you know, to them this was very important to have money to pay for their funeral. So uh, he he served the purpose, and but he was always a big contributor to, you know, being positive about life. And he built a lot of stuff, did a lot of really good things. A very interesting man, by the way, if you want to read about him, W. Clement Stone. Right. Uh, yeah. Right here out of Chicago. Yeah.
0: Well, in our last few minutes, uh, the last book that we want to talk about is a great book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And again, that was written in the 1930s. And, uh, you know, just another classic. I always tell people I always like these old classics because I think they do them better than anyone can do them today. The tenets of this book were to basically help people understand the importance of things like When you're talking to someone, begin with praise and honest appreciation when you start talking to them. Call attention to people's mistakes indirectly. Talk about your own mistakes before criticizing another person. Ask questions instead of giving orders. Let the other person save face in embarrassing situations. Praise every improvement. Give the other person a fine reputation to live up to. Use encouragement. Make the fault seem easy to correct and make the other person happy about doing what you suggest. These are just little, honest, sincere ways to be an effective communicator and a person who cares about others and wants to help other people.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's kind of funny because a lot of people think that uh, you don't do this naturally. Uh, But after you do this stuff, uh, I kind of like it because uh, you become very sincere about, really, like, you know, Al is wearing a shirt today, and and I wish I could say, "Gee, Al, what a nice shirt!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, that isn't the case, by the way, but uh it, it isn't a bad looking shirt. But you know, it, it's just a nice thing to tell somebody. I got this shirt from you, though. That's
0: the sad oh, part. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the uh, it was cheap. <laughs> uh, the, the the main thing is that if you just when you meet somebody or or even uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, interesting things today because uh, and we, we touched on this subject before there's no money in simplicity and I think that uh, one of the great things about this era of positive mental attitude in the United States is that there weren't many psychiatrists and psychologists so when somebody like Norman Vincent Peale said something positive or uh, you know uh, Think and Go Rich by Earl Nightingale. He said, you know, uh, just just do the right thing or, 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 you know, all these guys. One of the things that today you have 20 psychiatrists criticizing you to say this. Life isn't that easy and, and these are the problems. And you don't know what, you know, when he was a child, he was molested. So, you know, this is why he's not happy. And, you know, and, and we've all had rough times when we were children, all of us, you know, uh, there's no one that had two perfect parents. I mean, I, I had two very nice parents, but, you know, I, I mean, I, I had my my little problems sometimes with them, and everybody does. But you, you don't dwell on those. You remember the good things, whatever they might be. And, and if they weren't good, and if you did have a misfortune of having bad parents, which I'm sure somebody does, is, uh, you know, just forget about it and, and say okay that was you know part of my life I'm, I'm not going to repeat that with my children that's the way to think positively you you have a track record of what not to do with your children you know, I always try to copy I, I had a wonderful uh, father uh, and but he had a couple of things I didn't like and with my children I duplicate the things I liked with them but I never do what I, I didn't like what he did to me. And, uh, you know, the thinking positive, I'm not criticizing my dad. I just didn't like the way he did a couple of things. So I don't do them. And, and, uh, I think that life is very, very important. You know, I just want to say one thing that, that I wrote down, little jotting that I think one of the keys to being happy is to learn how to think by yourself. You know it's okay to listen to people, but don't don't make it a habit to listen to everybody unless they they make you a, a more positive and, and wealthier person and I don't mean wealthy monetarily wealthy as far as your persona goes and, and you know because today we have experts in every field, and you know I grew up in southern Indiana and at a time where a lot of old guys that were my age used to tell me things that I never forgot but one of them was the definition of an expert and and the guy came to me and says you know what an expert is and I said no and I was a young kid he says an expert is a guy you don't know that lives 20 miles away <laughs> and <laughs> you know it's kind of funny because today you turn on the TV and you have all these experts explaining complicated things that are very very simple so do your own research don't be afraid to you know when you hear an expert you say well is, is this guy or is this woman right i mean or, or does she have this phd from some fancy school and and this is the way you know she thinks that she's uh, making a difference and, and maybe she's nuts you know or he's nuts so forget about expert opinions There's no substitute for doing your own research, especially in things that really matter to you. Now, it doesn't mean that the expert is wrong. It doesn't mean that at all. But make sure that you verify it yourself. And this is a 2200 year old thing that really also influenced my life tremendously and it was something that Socrates said. And Socrates said, don't just believe something because somebody tells you something. Make sure it passes your own intellect. And if it doesn't pass your intellect, discard whatever we were told and keep the things that passes your intellect. You must consider the actual theories that are presented to you for yourself so remember that that's that's something that's very if I can recommend something that you should do is just because somebody tells you you know don't believe it in fact don't even believe what Alan I tell you Uh, you know listen (laughs) listen to the things we we recommend to you and and if you think that they won't help you uh, we don't mind if you tell us but we hope it does but you know you should listen to what we're recommending and you know maybe you say maybe these two guys got something you know so i I hope it does
0: absolutely well friends we're at the end of another podcast but as always i think the point here is that we're trying to in our own lives and trying to help other people just realize that your thoughts make up your life and what you think about you get so just to repeat it you know whether you listen to the strangest secret or the books Think and Grow Rich, Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude, or How to Win Friends, Influence People, or all of them together, we hope that you'll get something out of them. So, Norb, thank you so much as always.
1: Thank you. And, you know, one thing that I want to leave this uh, podcast with is that happiness often comes from within. Learn how to tame negative thoughts and approach every day with optimism. And believe me, you will be happier. So thank you.
0: I love that. So for Norb Savanacini, this is Al Edwards. We'll see you next time. And as Norb always says, every day is a gift. That's why they call it the present. We'll see you next time. Thank you.